0: The widespread use of digital devices and applications raises the need for pervasive cellular coverage. However, the existing private cellular networks are not sufficiently scalable and economical to extend a dynamically changing indoor and outdoor enterprise environments. New network architectures are needed to deal with unique enterprise use cases and increase coverage and capacity without the dependency on the underlying infrastructure. Are cellular mesh networks the answer to this challenge? Let's find out. Hi guys, this is your host Ashish Jain and you're listening to the Alignment Podcast where we go beyond the buzzwords and connect the dots between technology and its business impact. Meet my guest for today's podcast, Matt Musial, Solutions Director at GXC. He has over 25 years of experience providing complex IoT security and wireless solutions to customers in industrial, DoD, SLED and service provider markets. In today's discussion, we will explore some important topics such as Do broadband wireless networks have adequate capacity for the needs of advanced applications like massive machine-type communications? Can CBRS private networks provide adequate capacity and resiliency for higher volumes of data? What are the implications of mesh networks for cost, capacity, resiliency, and security? And what are the early use cases of cellular mesh networks? So without further ado, let me welcome Matt Musial. Matt, thanks for joining me today.
1: Thank you, Ashish. Uh, Good afternoon.
0: Great. So, Matt, love to get a little bit of a background on you, how you got into the wireless space, and uh, what excites you, and what's going on with private networks.
1: Thanks for asking. Um, yeah, I've been in the business for quite a while. Uh, uh, I, uh, I my first uh, my first uh, uh, gig was uh, working on SMR systems. Uh, back in the '80s, so my 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 first uh, mobile device uh, was in a uh, 24 and a half pound suitcase. Um, so and here it is, uh, many years later, and I still love it. I'm enjoying it very very, very much.
0: Great, right from uh, from a suitcase to a pocket phone, huh? And yes. not even that. So tell us a little bit about you know what is exciting uh, happening in terms of private networks and uh, what kind of Things that you're seeing in the market that still makes you feel that there are gaps that to be solved yet.
1: So there's a, a, a several points, and I'm hearing this on a daily basis. It's not something that um, that a few uh, uh, enterprises are having trouble with, but it, it seems like it's more the it's more the norm rather than the exception. Um, when you when you take bits and pieces of a, a cellular network. Uh, in a disaggregated uh, form, and you you, you sort of uh, mash them together and integrate them. Uh, maybe the ran from vendor A and the uh, core from vendor B, the NMS on uh, SaaS services or, or the like from another vendor. Still, um, integrating those has proven very difficult. All the way from uh, conversations with the folks at AWS to. Uh, a large enterprise uh, and industrial uh, customers um, uh, that have tried to uh, deploy their own cellular systems or use um, uh, systems integrators that were piecemealing together the solution. Um, uh, I've seen a lot of, uh, a lot of trouble in, in getting it uh, to a point where that enterprise is actually very happy with the solution, so we're 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 trying to, we're specifically working on, and I am putting those those elements together in a in a, in a very elegant package, and I think that's that's the main that's the main complaint that I'm hearing today. Um, uh, the density for uh, most of the networks that we are uh, providing cellular service for today are not hyper dense at this juncture yet. We are going to see an exponential growth in that device density. Um, I, I believe starting in Q4 and and much more so in 2023. Uh, many of the private cellular networks out there today are still in a POC status or or small deployment status.
0: Okay. What kind of use cases are you seeing? I know you particularly work in a lot of indoor, outdoor environments where, you know, whether it's oil rigs or uh, manufacturing or um, campuses. So what are, what kind of use cases are you seeing where the cellular play the role versus the traditional uh, networks?
1: So um, there's a couple of uh, different cases and, and, and it, it's, it's very much, it's, it's very much based on uh, the metrics uh, for a specific customer, a- a- at first I thought that there may be a lot of similarities between the various vertical markets, but it's even it, within those verticals, each customer has uh, a different set of requirements. So, so p- providing a cellular network uh, that meets um, the majority of those uh, of those use cases and verticals is is quite a trick. Um, so we're seeing factories, um, that have issues, uh, with folks, um, wanting to come to work, for example, um, a little bit of, uh, the, obviously we have supply chain issues from one res- uh, perspective, but also people, uh, resources, problems on another respect. So, uh, uh, robotics is playing a major, major role in warehousing, uh, and supply chain. Also, as we know, it's, uh, robotics is a major play in manufacturing and uh, very much uh, um, quite new, but it, it growing exponentially is the medical uh, industry as well, uh, nurse helping uh, robots, for example. So uh, machines, robots are, are a major uh, uptake in, in those industries. At the same time, when we go from small robots that are operating in in warehouses and and manufacturing facilities, uh, we're seeing very, very large robots roaming around mines and uh, construction sites and and, and, and agriculture environments. So um, all those things need to be connected. They have a certain level of of autonomy, but they love to talk to their servers. So uh, we provide that connectivity uh, uh, between those devices. So, great. Um,
0: No, definitely, um, Matt. There's definitely, uh, you know, the cellular networks, and especially 5G, um, is going to play a role in all of these uh, industrial automation use cases. But do you see that the cellular network as it is today, the way it has been deployed in the public network using radios and core and edge, is that sufficient by itself to play a role in the enterprise network and sufficient to handle the use cases that you're talking about,
1: uh, I would say from a connectivity perspective, and in the early stages of, of, of opportunities, um, it, it has been um, the the what, what we might say uh, just straight connectivity core to edge uh, a service. Um, is, is is sufficient to get the customer thinking about what his true digital transformation um, requirements are? I, I don't think everybody has their ITOT um, convergence and digital transformation wish list fully uh, formulated yet. Um, that, that, that's sort of in the process right now. So what that does tell me definitively is that the private networks are going to have to evolve with that and very likely evolve in a much different way than a public network or Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi 6 can do. Um, uh, things like uh, uh, MEC, um, uh, you know, guaranteed uh, uh, connectivity, uh, AI, machine learning, data lakes, um, very upper stack type things are going to play in these cellular networks in the future. Absolutely,
0: I'm hearing a lot about um, the emergence of mesh networks. I mean, a mesh network had been used in Wi-Fi for a long time. I've also started to see mesh play a role in the cellular networks. Um, what are you seeing in that context?
1: At, at first, I at, at first I've, I've, I've been a little bit apprehensive about. Um, getting too excited about mesh um, uh, technologies for cellular. We 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 there are some uh, TDD mesh uh, protocols that will be playing in five G. Uh, IAB, for example. Um, how those are implemented and the use cases where those are effective, uh, I'm I'm un, a little bit uncertain of uh, RF. Uh, Interference cancellation and interference mitigation and filtering, Um, uh, though, on the other hand, is something I'm getting very excited about. Um, We have limited spectrum. Um, uh, We don't have connectivity to many, many places, um, to many different poles, many rooftops, parts of a warehouse, Potentially large venues. There's just going to be places where you want to have a, a, a cellular node, but you don't have a, a data connection. So, I think that um, I think that we're going to see mesh begin to play a much much bigger role in private cellular networks because it facilitates a much faster deployment when you don't have to schedule or or wait 52 weeks for for fiber, um, for example, and. and once that network is deployed, uh, scaling the network and getting to other areas that need to be covered uh, with mesh technology is going to be much more simple.
0: Okay. So you mentioned about not waiting for fiber, but it still needs to have some fiber, right, at the building?
1: The architecture the architecture that we, we use at my company – um, is we have gateway nodes that are connected to fiber or, 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 or CAT-6, and those may be a little closer to the facility or on the facility itself. But the, the customers we're finding in, 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 very, very specifically to outdoor areas where they may want surveillance cameras, uh, they may want to cover parking lots, they may want to cover areas uh, where heavy industrial uh, manufacturing is happening outdoors. Um, those areas oftentimes are not connected with fiber or CAT6. And, and, and we can do that with, uh, with, with the cobalt mesh node.
0: Okay. So basically, uh, extending the network to broader areas without having dependency on power over Ethernet or for putting those radios is purely a mesh wireless network, similar to how... You know, like I said earlier, wireless the Wi-Fi network has worked, but more on the cellular side.
1: Right. You need that connectivity at, that, at, the, at the gateway, um, but you don't need, uh, theoretically, the connectivity uh, for the outliers. And, and, and there's a lot of places that uh, you'd be surprised, a lot of places where uh, trenching or running fiber or data cables just impossible. Uh, railroad yards is an example. Uh, uh, refineries. Is another example. Historical districts and in, 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 in towns uh, are, are an example where it's just it's just cost prohibitive or or or, or impossible to to dredge.
0: So performance-wise, is it do you do you compromise anything for that flexibility, or because you're ultimately you're you're hopping multiple paths and you don't have a, a dedicated. Uh, infrastructure or a wide infrastructure to carry your traffic back to the core. So does that impact from a performance standpoint?
1: It does. It does. It, you're, you're going to be, um, you're going to have, your gateway is going to act as a donor uh, to the, uh, the mesh connected nodes. And therefore, we'll, we'll take a, a, a little bit of the capacity from that donor. So, but that is all architected and uh, in, in our design process. Um, so we, we try to understand, and, and a big mistake is is trying to have a one-size-fits-all solution for these industrial 4.0 applications. Um, I, I am very uh, surprised to see how varying the, the capacity requirements are, as well as the latency requirements across different vertical markets and then customer specifics. Uh, different, uh, you know, different customers. The, um, some, I'll tell you that most customers don't need the capacity. What they need is the uptime in, in, in and uh, a lower latency. Um, uh, most of the applications that we're looking at are sub megabits per um, UE or, or, per, or, or per client node. Um, so um, when we do get into the higher capacity, um, or or higher density scenarios than than we architected thus.
0: Okay. So in terms of deployments, you're talking about primarily when when you talk about better uptime, better latency. I assume these are you know business critical, mission critical applications. And uh, normally um, we talk about you know CBRS spectrum for example right which is being leveraged by many in the enterprise private networks now Well, first of all i just want to make sure the, the the cellular mesh technology does work with CBRS that's one and second is do you see any drawbacks or challenges with using the CBRS spectrum along with your along with the mesh networks in terms of maintaining that uptime and and assuring the latency for mission critical applications
1: so, so um, I'm very thankful that the FCC finally found its way to 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 um, give the the United States uh, people uh, a chunk of spectrum for, for these types of networks. Uh, CBRS Band 48 uh, is it was uh, was a smaller band some years ago, and that and that that uh, morphed into what we know of CBRS today. Uh, and there's uh, you know obviously. There are challenges uh, in some areas where there's a heavy number of nodes, uh, competing nodes, uh, but nowhere near what we we find in 2.4 or 5.348. The CBRS spectrum is is managed, right? It's shared, but managed. Um, There are licenses and we are working with customers that do own PAL licenses, so they have an additional amount of protection but most of our customers are operating in GAA. And um, the, the way the SAS or Spectrum Allocation Service works is it's supposed to make a democratic um, scenario or democratic field, as it were, to operate a Band 48-enabled cellular device. Um, so that's a real big facilitator. And we're seeing that Europe and South America... Uh, and even some uh, some areas in Africa are beginning to look at what the U.S. did and uh, sort of uh, plan for uh, their their own release of spectrum for this, these types of applications. Uh, CBRS has not only uh, been fundamental in providing uh, a spectrum for for private enterprise and private cellular networks, but also FWA uh, rural connectivity.
0: Great. So, overall, I mean, there is concern sometimes people raise, right? Because it's not guaranteed, you know, you're always competing, even though they're shared and managed, uh, you can be knocked out of uh, access to a spectrum, depending on you know, if you're a GAA or, you know, user, uh, somebody else comes in the way and using it, or, you know, the Navy, the Navy wow. you know finds it inappropriate, or they need access to it. And there is concern, there are concerns in terms of uh, whether it's the right spectrum to use for the mission critical applications, um, where the reliability of the network depends on the business outcome, especially in robotic scenarios, right? Do you see? What would you say to people who are concerned about that, or people who are living with that perception? Is that is that a valid concern, or is there is it an overhype?
1: My my suggestion. Uh, she sets a great question, and I, and I like the way you worded it because um, it. it in all honesty, I, it's it's a matter of who you're conducting business with. If you're interested in a private cellular network and you have concerns, um, go go to your your systems integrator or MSP and and have them research the the solutions. Um, there's a, there's a few of us that provide this uh, this as a service, um, but uh, reach out to the professionals. Um, there's a, you can do spectrum analysis and you can design a system that is very robust and, and and will not um will will not be affected by uh adjacent CBSDs now that said there are areas urban areas that perhaps may have a very high uh e node b uh you know cbrs uh CBSD count and some of those areas i think that i i think there is potential for some collisions and that's why the OnGo alliance that's that uh is, supports us uh, members um, that operate in CBRS. That's why they're working on a whole new level of uh, spectrum allocation service, which is called, I believe, SAS V2. And it brings in a lot of elements uh, that are that, that pertain to coexistence. And not only coexistence be- between private networks that may be adjacent, but also for carriers that may be doing fixed wireless access. Like a Verizon or a Comcast, for example. Mm-hmm. So um, the industry is very cognizant of these challenges and and are developing solutions. A, B, if you're if you're a, 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 if you want to have a smart farm and you want to provide a higher yield in coming years, chances are you're not going to have a, a lot of interference out there. The the last thing I would say, Ashish, is that indoor networks have the benefit of a 15 dB buffer between outdoor cbsds so the the uh, the operability and in, in, in the resiliency of a cbrs network indoors is lock stock and barrel very assured um the uh the spectrum allocation service does looks at those nodes as enclosed in a building and you generally won't see a, a sas event or a sas grant event
0: okay can you yep. can you explain that fifteen dB buffer a little bit more? What does that mean to a general audience who doesn't understand fifteen yeah, dB?
1: Yeah, I will. I will. The, 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 that means that the uh, an outdoor CBSD is taken uh, is taken for its EIRP or the the energy coming from its antenna. Okay, and the spectrum allocation service looks at the azimuth, the elevation, and the transmit power of that antenna, and looks at adjacent. Uh, cells and, say, and may say, well, you can only transmit it uh, a, a lower power because you're in a crowded environment. When your CBRS network or your cell nodes are indoors, the SAS uh, uh, providers take into account that your power out, basically they um, subtract 15 dB from your transmit power.
0: Okay. So, a, a a good analogy correct me if i'm wrong is when you're outside everyone say don't scream and when you are in, inside kids can scream as much as they want because it's their home
1: that's a great analogy <laughs> Thank you You've nailed it man you can car, you can yeah you can you can insert your comment because uh, that 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 is a great way to describe it and i hope you don't mind if i if i steal that one
0: Absolutely no, no worries about that. Yeah, I will always look at it that way, right? It's it's basically uh, people don't understand this concept, and that's why I wanted to explain it. Is it's about the antenna, how much it can propagate, and what yes. what is your you know what what you're allowed to do, and. Yes. In in indoor environments, specifically for enterprises, that's why it's such an such an important technology, which is driving this new innovation, is because it is making it possible. It's not just about you know a, hey it's another spectrum that is shared and cost wise, but it is actually making it available to uh, be more controlled and yes. uh, and 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 use it in the way you want to use it, and you have a lot of luxuries to um, to apply it to your specific use cases. Yes. So great um uh, we're coming towards the end here matt uh i know you work with a lot of cios and uh, you mentioned several already what is your piece of advice to them when you know they are looking at cellular networks or they're looking for their digital transformation i'm i'm sure they don't all start with hey i need a private cellular network because most most of them don't even get it yet Right. what is your piece of advice or which word of wisdom to them in terms of how to better plan their digital transformation and how to start thinking about connectivity as an as a as a foundational element for that digital transformation
1: well that's a that's a great question uh, i'm I'm fortunate enough'm uh, uh, fortunate that gxc has a, uh, a cio roundtable uh periodically uh, it's becoming more frequent now i think we're moving to every month actually. And um, the, the CIOs are, are, are asking the same questions. Can I get can I get AT&T, T-Mobile or, 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 or Dish Networks or Verizon to provide the same service that I expect um, with the same privacy and the same security and the same coverage that you could with a private network? And some of the CIOs on our, our roundtable are ex-Sprint and ex-T-Mobile folks. And they're like, well, honestly, the carriers would love to be able to provide the same level of services as, as a private network. But and they and they do it in marketing and they try to promise um, to uh, the CIOs, particularly the, the, in the big major companies. So there, there is a there is an option. To have AT and T build in a DAS system or something that's that's going to service your 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 facility or your campus, uh, but the the thing I keep hearing over and over again is that you cannot have the same level of control and privacy that you can if you own your own network. Um, so so that's been very 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 common. Um, the CIOs are, as I mentioned before, formulating their digital transformation plans. They're, they're wanting to get the IT, the, the, the wall between IT and OT. They want to take down that wall and converge those two things. Um, so for business critical applications, um, I, I think a private network is, is a perfect fit. And I think the CBRS spectrum is, 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 is a great place to start there. I think eventually some of the larger organizations, oil and gas companies, utilities, w- may start gaining uh, access to their own spectrum, and we can help them in that endeavor as well. But CBRS is a great way to dip your toes in the water and, and get a feel for w- for for what applications you can uh, you can run on that network.
0: Awesome. Well, great. There was a lot of great insights, uh, great examples, uh, Matt. I really appreciate your time. I know you're a busy man. And, um, well, we look forward to your launch in a couple of weeks. And uh, good luck and and, and thanks again for your
1: time. Ashish, thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, Hello to everybody out there in the the world, in the U.S., and uh, we'll look forward to uh, speaking with you again soon, I hope.
0: Great discussion, Matt. Thanks for sharing practical and realistic considerations in deploying private cellular networks. Each enterprise poses unique challenges, and one size doesn't fit all. Cellular mesh is an interesting concept to solve deployment and scalability challenges. We hope to see more use of it in private networks. Thanks again for your great insights. Thanks everyone for listening. If you haven't already done, please subscribe to the Alignment Podcast on your favorite platform. It's A-L-Y-N-M-E-N-T. We hope you will continue the conversation by asking questions and sharing your thoughts and experience in deploying private 5G networks. Feel free to reach out to me at ashish.jane at kairospulse.com or drop me a note on my LinkedIn. Till next time, goodbye.